0: Hello welcome to IndieWire's Very Good Television podcast. I'm Liz Shannon Miller at Blizzard on the Twitters,
1: and I'm Ben Travers, Ben T. Travers on the Twitters.
0: Great. Hello, welcome to Thanksgiving week. Uh, if, you're, if you're in the United States, uh, I guess ca- Canadian Thanksgiving was last last month.
1: That's when know.
0: they. I don't know why. why yeah, why well, acknowledging the existence of Canada? Why not?
1: I mean, they've given us some good things.
0: Yeah, lots of good things. Ryan Gosling? Yeah. Ryan Reynolds.
1: And thus one of the year's best films, First Man, which employed one of television slash the world's greatest actors, Kyle Chandler.
0: I didn't know Kyle Chandler was in First Man.
1: Oh, my God. He is absolutely in First Man.
0: I mean, it seems like the kind of movie where he would definitely be in it.
1: He should have switched roles with Jason Clark. I love Jason Clark, but they were miscast. Oh. Not to any sort of, like, active detriment to the film just once you kind of realize what the reversal would have done to benefit the film like to be an additive presence instead of just kind of a neutral presence oh my god
0: interesting
1: oh my god Liz well he's still great (laughs) he does that thing where okay so you know the point in the in the preview where Claire Foy another tv actress yeah when she yells at like the command officer she's like you're just a bunch of boys yeah That was her yelling at Kyle Chandler. Right. And like right when she starts to yell at him, he was talking and he does that cool thing Kyle Chandler does where he kind of like stops and does a double take, but it's not really a double take where he moves that much. It's just kind of like a pronounced like, whoa, I didn't see this coming. And you can tell that he's like earnestly engaged with what she's about to say and thus also adds to the scene in that, you know, he's magnifying her reaction as it should be for the context of the drama.
0: What if we just made this entire podcast talking about how great Kyle Chandler
1: is? I will do my best to bring every single example you bring up back to Kyle Chandler.
0: (laughs) Well, we're talking about um, the kind of TV that we end up watching when it's Thanksgiving week, uh, specifically when we're kind of hanging with the family or friends and, uh, you know, maybe not trying to engage with like a really deep, detailed uh, scripted drama.
1: Yeah. You know, let's take a little, let's take a little trip back in time with your good friend, Ben, and and look at, you know, just why we ended up where we're at at modern Thanksgivings. Right. And I, I assume all modern Thanksgivings are like my Thanksgiving because my Thanksgiving is often what I see on television. Mm-hmm. In various uh, Friends episodes, they end up watching football on TV because that's what you do on Thanksgiving. Now, why do people watch football on TV during Thanksgiving? Answer, people like football. Well, kind of. I mean, yeah, people like football. There's problems, obviously, especially today. So many rampant issues, um, which could lead nicely into our next segment. But before we get there, people watch it on Thanksgiving because it's somewhat neutral. Like it's something that you can actively engage in if there's literally nothing else you want to do and you are a football fan and you want to sit down and watch that thing. You can kind of ignore the rest of your family and just eat and watch football and you'll have at least a decent day. Uh, but it also allows people to kind of have just general discussions where it's like, oh, I, what, are, what are you watching? Oh, you're watching football. I can talk about football. I know a little bit about it. And Then you engage with your family, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't overwhelm the room. Like the game doesn't, you know, distract or, you know, playing with your nine-year-old who just wants to run around the room and
0: mm-hmm. and
1: throw weird toys at your face. Um, <laughs> All of that can happen while the TV is on, thus giving you kind of a distraction if you want it, uh, but at least a talking point if you don't. So I think that's why we've gone from having one to two to three football games on Thanksgiving Day, simply because it's kind of the perfect thing that's on in the background, and you almost always want it on in the background.
0: Now, isn't it always the same, like, couple of teams that always play on Thanksgiving?
1: Yes, and... All I know is
0: that the Cowboys are one of them, which because that's the, because that leads to America's, my family's personal pastime of hating the, the Cowboys. Yeah,
1: as everyone should. And the Cowboys wedged themselves onto Thanksgiving Day tradition by, I, I don't know, fucking Texas assholes being bossy. Like they, they weren't the Thanksgiving Day game. The Thanksgiving Day game was always Detroit. Right. Uh, it was usually the Lions and the Bears, sometimes the Lions and the Packers.
0: You know why um, I remember? I remember knowing that because of an episode of Home Improvement.
1: Well done, Home Improvement. Way to get that Lions patronage out there, first and foremost. Uh, Might be your greatest service to society. Um, But, yeah, no, it started with the Lions, and then, like, in the 90s when the Cowboys were good, they kind of just forced their way onto it. So then it was the Lions and the Cowboys, and now there's a a night game as well because, you know, football's popular slash people need something on in the background that's neutral.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I I definitely have, like, Thanksgiving memories of, like, you know, just – The white noise of football, like, being in the background. Like, that feels very familiar to me. Um, And, you know, it's the sort of thing, like, I know, like, my mom, uh, my mom would always get annoyed with us. We were trying to watch something that she wanted to watch while she was cooking. So football or something neutral like that became something positive for us. Um, I do the
1: same thing. What? I do the same thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, the thing is, though, that, if you perhaps don't care for football, or you don't just have, have a, you, you're looking for alternatives. This is what I think you were referring to earlier, is just like the, the because the, it's not just football, there's also a lot of other TV that exists around this time of year. Largely, it seems for the purpose of quasi half watching while your family's uh, in the room.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we've, we've just also entered into an age where, you know, anything is at your fingertips. You can watch anything at any time, that you want to watch, so we don't have to be limited to just whatever is being offered through broadcast television, whatever we, you know, is just kind of on TV whenever you flick on the box that isn't an infomercial on Thanksgiving Day. You can literally make a choice to watch anything with your family, mm-hmm. but you don't want to put something on that's so, like, <laughs> as excited as I am to int- to continue to introduce people to Friday Night Lights and Kyle Chandler. Um, I don't want to put that on on Thanksgiving because it's going to completely overwhelm the room. Like, Mm. nobody's going to talk to each other. You're not going to talk over it. You're going to sit there and listen to every single word that Kyle Chandler has to say because that's more fun than anything your family could be saying. So you don't want that.
0: I'm going to point out, by the way, that I'm very personally disappointed in us because we've been referring to Kyle Chandler repeatedly as Kyle Chandler and not his actual name, which is Coach.
1: I think he's moved beyond Coach.
0: No, you you always make this argument, but I don't feel like you ever actually move beyond being coach. You are always coach in our hearts.
1: I mean, he is always coach, but he he needs to be described as more than that if we want to continue seeing him in in a diverse array of roles.
0: But what if I just want to see him as coach?
1: Well, that's a a problem that you should really keep to yourself. <laughs> um, but the point being, as Liz you know mentioned, it's it's that. We don't have to watch football. We can watch anything. So, what could you watch on Thanksgiving if you're not going to watch football and you're not going to try to distract the room from actually mingling and getting to know each other or catching up?
0: Yeah, and I feel like this is where um, this is where cable channels and their and their many marathons um, uh, always come in really handy. Like, especially you know, BBC America tends to do scripted stuff, like you know, The X Files or Star Trek: The Next Generation or whatnot or Doctor Who. like you know i feel like in in my in my family um mythbusters is pretty is a pretty common thing we'll just kind of leave on the tv mm-hmm. and kind of people coming in and out of the room can be like oh they're doing a myth thing a myth thing they're myth, they're busting it um myth mythbusters is popular in that respect um And then, uh, of course, like Mystery Science Theater 3000 was a very classic uh, Thanksgiving tradition. And even before they were doing the revival um, that just recently that for for Netflix, uh, they would, you know, Shout Factory uh, or whichever company at the time owned the rights uh, would run like. Casual marathons on Thanksgiving Day, and Mystery Science Theater three thousand, of course, is a great show for this, uh, because you know nobody's actually, no one actually gets invested in the movie that they're making fun of, and there's not a huge amount of story on the meta level beyond them just making m- making fun of the movie. So it's like basically you pop in, listen for five minutes, and hear the you know hear some funny asides at the expense of the movie in question, and then you can either keep watching or uh, you know putter around.
1: Right, because they're making fun of movies that, you know, can be so bad that they don't even have uh, like a like a plot line that you can follow. Like oh, they yeah. don't have a thread for you to stick to where you become invested even in like the lack of quality. Um, it it makes it easy, like you said, to drop in and out of it. And then if you just kinda happen to catch a joke offhand and you don't even you don't know the context, then that's fine. Like it's it's going to it's usually going to work because it's paired with what's happening on screen. So um, yeah, I think I think that's a great choice. I think that's one where, um, you're playing into the right idea where, like, we don't watch a lot of reality TV in my house. Um, big surprise. But, uh, like, even with Mistbusters, I I would feel like it'd be cool to watch some of the experiments and cool to see some of the stuff happen. At the same time, if you got invested enough to really want to know, you know, why something wasn't true or why something proved to be true and you needed those kind of facts, then you'd have to pay enough attention to listen. Um, and you could do that for like the segments, you know, like mm-hmm. shorter chunks of time. Um, but that could still, which would be a good distraction over a long course of a long day together with your family. Um, but I don't know. I think I think marathons are an interesting idea. I think that um, you know it's nice when they air all the Rockies on Thanksgiving because I can just you know pop in and out of those and love every second of it. Same with the Godfathers. Um, but honestly, I think that I think that some of the like, like. RIP Filmstruck, you know, here's hoping you come back. uh, Mm -hmm. Criterion's, you know, future streaming service. I think, you know, for Thanksgiving, you guys should orchestrate like a little playlist of stuff that's like, Mainly visually driven, mm-hmm. so like you don't have to pay that much attention to the audio or follow that much of a narrative, but you can still appreciate the artistry of what's going on on screen. You could do it with like, I mean, Terry malik Like mm-hmm. you could have a whole day of Terry malik movies. Um, <laughs> you could have a whole day nothing of just,
0: says Thanksgiving like the Tree of Life.
1: I mean, I was going to be my go-to example because that would be a perfect Thanksgiving Day movie. Uh, it's about family, but on a grander scale. Uh, It's got a bunch of beautiful visuals that, you know, date back over the course of history where you can kind of get into discussions with your family about what various things mean. Um,
0: And, of course, you can talk about death.
1: And, of course, you can talk about death because uh, especially, you know, with some of your older relatives, you (laughs) don't want to have those conversations. Um, You want to make sure everybody's on the same page so that when it happens, it's not, you know, a destructive surprise or, or, you know, a a ruinous force. But... um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think that um, even some of the more popular movies, mm-hmm. if they haven't been seen by everybody or if they've only been seen kind of a couple times or once by some people, that can be tricky to, to get through. Like, I wouldn't want to, like, I, I, I'd always feel bad if I was watching, you know, The Godfather Part Two, and somebody wandered into the room and they're like, hey, what's this? And I'm like, it's Godfather Part two And they're like, oh, I never saw it. I'd be like, I can't keep this on the TV. Like, you <laughs> yeah. can't pick this up in the middle. You've got to go back. To the first one and start like let's get this right um so something that kind of you know like football where you can jump in at any time um something that would that would benefit from that kind of viewing would be really good again mystery science theater is a great example um mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of tv shows that are like i mean it's it's a writer's medium which is why so many of them aren't necessarily visually driven but maybe something like planet earth that'd be good
0: see i i don't know i feel like i feel like uh, i mean too arresting, too cute. Well, I feel like your point about um, your point about the visual aspect of it. Like on the one hand, I see your point there. Um, I see your point about the I see your point about the visual aspect. Like you, it's something you can kind of casually watch while talking over it potentially. But I feel like also like going back and forth, like you know, if if people are moving in and out of the room and so forth, like I feel like sometimes you know maybe something more oral. A- oral? I'm not sure. I'm saying that right. Audible. Audible. Yeah, that's probably a better. Audio driven. Case. Audio driven. Like that might work better for me. I don't know. Also, because that just makes me think immediately of The West Wing. Um,
1: I'll see. That would, I think that would be a terrible Thanksgiving Day option.
0: West Wing has the best uh, Thanksgiving. I think
1: they have great Thanksgiving episodes. Right. But I, I again, like because it is so driven by the dialogue right. and so many scenes are dependent on you kind of tracking an ongoing story whether it's even just within that episode or something that's continual um, that'd, be, that'd be tricky to do like that would be that would be. it'd be a nice way to kind of introduce people because I feel like even if you catch just segments of the West Wing you could quickly become addicted to it mm-hmm. um, but in terms of allowing people to kind of <laughs> have a discussion while it's on that might be tricky Liz
0: yeah that's fair yeah um, you know what see. the ultimate thing is giving viewing is? What's that list? Um, they don't really do it anymore because people died, I think. Oh, but, my God. Uh, see? It's already one of your favorite things. But uh, <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of Pumpkin Chunkin'? Yes. Yes, they did like a, a, a Discovery, I think, one year uh, ran like a, a Pumpkin Chunkin' uh, special, which is all about a Pumpkin Chunkin' competition.
1: Um, I mean, as I hate. As much as I hate to compare pumpkin chucking to uh, sports, to actual professional sports, right. it, it would serve a similar function, but be more thematically on point.
0: I'm just saying it's really cool. Like, cause they, they throw the pumpkins real far.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, um,
0: they get very competitive too.
1: Well, I mean, it, it could prove to be a good drinking game. Um, if that was your cup of tea come Thanksgiving Day.
0: Yeah, like I said, I don't think they do it anymore because people died Um, because it's also incredibly dangerous to shoot pumpkins at high high, high velocity um, using homemade, you know, cannons.
1: I bet there's still plenty of videos on YouTube that people can trigger up through their Rokus or Apple TVs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you could also, uh, you could, there's probably also a good mix of people um, trying to deep fry turkeys and the turkey's exploding. Yeah.
1: Yep. Lots of bad ways. Less, less competitive, but yeah, somewhat entertaining.
0: Lots of bad things can happen to you on Thanksgiving.
1: Yep, which is why we all need to be prepared for the <laughs> for the great God in the sky coming down, a saber yeah. poking us in the heart.
0: <laughs> so, um, what what do you think is going to be the the main thing you watch this Thanksgiving? I mean, football. You're going to watch the football?
1: Probably i mean i I was recently given a, a a list of friends Thanksgiving episodes um that were ranked and and ranked just horrifically out of order um,
0: <laughs> they're all they're all good dogs
1: so i'll probably I'll probably revisit I'll probably revisit friends that's at, good at, mean, it's like time a time good five hour bench yeah um but no probably mainly football i I don't know I mean I think classic classic episodes of TV like that can function as the same way as a marathon. You know, I mean, obviously yeah. there might be actual marathons, but, you know, if you know enough of people in your family are, are really into Seinfeld or The Simpsons or something where you can kind of just let it go, you could, you could put that on and you could probably
0: mm-hmm. talk through it. How do you feel about, like, the idea of, like, there's something to me about... Ca- casually channel flipping and finding a marathon versus like actively deciding to sit down and marathon something like, and I feel like I feel like the former is like I don't know that feels more Thanksgiving-y to me like like more organic.
1: Well, the former is is historically what people would do, so it's it's familiar on both the nostalgic and um and and just timely level. Like it's something that you've experienced far more often than making the selection. But I think it's important to note that. Um, that phenomenon, especially in groups, is appealing because it, especially to our generation, because it, it lessens the decision making process. Right. You're not making an authoritative stamp and saying we have to watch this one thing that I've singled out for the entire group that I think everybody will enjoy. That's a big bold statement to make on Thanksgiving Day, where if it backfires, you could you know be somewhat embarrassed, or you could just hate your family because they're that wrong. Um, and the fact that it's just a marathon on TV is kind of like, well, AMC chose. To put on The Walking Dead. So we're just gonna kinda keep watching all of The Walking Dead right now cause that that seems okay with everybody, right? Oh, oh it does? Okay, great. So then you're um you know, you're just kind of bowing to the whims of, of what there are. Now I also think that on any other day, like when you're watching cable and you just channel search and you hit that thing and you end up watching it all the way through instead of just putting in the DVD, you know, mm-hmm. to alleviate the commercial breaks. That's a commitment issue as well, where you're just like, I don't want to commit to watching a three-hour movie right now. So, like, because it's got commercials, like, I'm going to get up and do other stuff. So I'm not actually just watching this. I'm doing a lot of things right now. Right. Um, but that's a little different than Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah. I forgot to mention, of course, the one of the very best things of, about Thanksgiving viewing um, is, of course, the, uh, the dog show.
1: Well, yeah. But also, like,
0: but, you know... Now actually you not only can you watch, you know, the dog show, but then you can go to Netflix and watch dogs with sure. the, the six part documentary.
1: Again, that's gonna have a lot of information. In it's it.
0: also got dogs.
1: It does have dogs. They're all but good. They're boys. not just dogs. And dogs. But they're not just dogs. Like but there's a lot around it. There's stories, they're episodic. Yeah, that's there's, true. Uh, there's there's an independent artistry involved to, to each one that you might have to track mm-hmm. And if you get mm. invested in just the sight of a dog as so many people do They might get sucked in to want to learn more and more about it And then all of a sudden nobody's talking in the room. You're just watching something about Rex,
0: right? What if they're not our dogs?
1: Well, I mean then then really things have probably taken a dark turn <laughs> um, Your Thanksgiving might have been a little morbid from the get-go if that was your first choice uh, that or, you know, you just made the mistake of befriending me, but um, <laughs> you know, There'll be cherry pie at the end and that's exciting.
0: Yeah, so what we're what I'm hearing is uh, you're making cherry pie for Thanksgiving?
1: Oh every year.
0: Really? to yeah. your thing?
1: Cherry pie is the best. Hmm. Yeah, I know what your Opinion is Liz and that's just <laughs> insanity. So
0: Chess pie is the best pie. Chess. Chess pie. Chess. Chess pie. Chess. Chess. Yes.
1: What is chess pie?
0: Chess pie.
1: I swear to God, if this is a joke where you're saying it's just pie. <laughs>
0: no, it's what it, the name comes from. Though it's called it, it's called chess pie because it's chess pie.
1: What do you eat? A crust?
0: It's like a crust and then like a delicious uh, creamy filling. It's like a pudding.
1: What kind of pudding?
0: Like, like vanilla ish.
1: Oh God, that would be terrible.
0: No, it's lovely.
1: Why would you choose vanilla anything as a dessert? You're like choosing a neutral, bland. V- Finish for your meal. It's like, you know what, I had a really exciting dish. Somebody has never had good neutral. vanilla. No, I've had plenty of good vanilla. It just doesn't compare to the richness of other options.
0: I like the delicate nature of vanilla. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> just keep living your life right down the middle, Liz.
0: Yep. That's how I do. Oh
1: my god. Take some risks. <laughs> yeah. Watch some leftovers this Thanksgiving. And Jar. Then eat your leftovers.
0: Jar. Jar. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um but yeah it should be i mean it's it's it, i feel like thanksgiving is a holiday i always really appreciate just because of all the holidays it has seems to have less pressure to deal with than usual and usually it's like you know there's pretty good food
1: i mean there's less pressure in the sense that you don't have to like get everybody a gift
0: yeah that's true that's that's that, that always uh, i always find stressful um just start you know, thanksgiving shopping I should, I should start christmas shopping now
1: nobody's gonna be that mad if you show up with something store-bought and easy like if you just bring the chips and the dip then you know that's a valuable addition to the meal
0: so. yeah i'm a salad per- I, i'm usually on salad duty
1: yeah that's you know very safe and down the middle is a good <laughs> spot for you
0: i take some risks with my salads. what do you do um this one time i tried to swap out uh, this is good podcast content um, I, I tried to do a, a Brussels sprout sal- uh, salad that originally called for bacon. So I tried to swap in a smoked gouda to replace the bacon flavor.
1: You tried to replace meat with cheese.
0: Yeah. Hey, you said you, you, you were accusing me of not taking any risks. and That you, was a risk.
1: You, you tried to replace. <laughs> <laughs> it was a risk where you took something that is like insanely flavorful, perhaps one of the most distinct flavors in the world, and replaced it with cheese, which is fairly neutral.
0: It's smoked gouda, though. All right, that's a very smart. That's a very it's a it's it, it replicates the heat. It re- replicates the smoky flavor of the bacon plus the fat content.
1: <laughs> okay, I can't. I, just, I can't even. We've
0: we've gone down a we've gone a a, a terrifying so a terrifying hole.
1: So worried about you. I'm Look, gonna
0: I'm gonna pull us out of it.
1: The purpose is just. On Thanksgiving. Yes. Keep your options open. Yes. But know why you're putting something on the T V. Don't be the person who's just like, You gotta watch this show, it's the best and then, you know, people aren't allowed to speak anymore because they're trying to listen to your program.
0: So you're saying you won't make people watch the leftovers on Thanksgiving.
1: I'm I am never saying that. I will always make people watch the leftovers whenever I get the chance. Like if it comes up right. it's gonna happen. Um but I'm not gonna like show up ready to force it down somebody's throat.
0: Good to know. Then, speaking of things that you watch, uh, what was the best thing you watched last week?
1: I think the best thing I watched last week was probably Escape at Dannemora, mm-hmm. uh, the Showtime limited series directed by Ben Stiller and starring uh, Patricia Arquette, uh, Paul Dano, and Benicio Del Toro. Uh, it's based on the true story of a 2015, I believe, um, prison escape mm-hmm. in upstate New York. Really? That's um, recently? Yeah, it was, it was very recent. Okay. Um but that's a great question, Liz, because I know you've seen the first episode. Yes. And the look of the episode, and the feel of the episode, as well as the look of the prison itself, is pretty classic. Like the yeah. the it's an old prison they used it, they used the prison to shoot in. Um, so it kind of has a timeless feel where it's like this almost could this could have happened in the '60s or the '70s. There's not I mean you're in prison. There's not a lot of things that you know date things uh, to to the now. Um, but it's it's a very well told story. I think Stiller. Uh, is somebody as a director who likes to keep himself excited and that translates to the audience like he likes to push himself to do some cool stuff um, visually, whether it's just kind of a, a a surprising framing or if it's like this really complex, lengthy long take. Um, even the soundtrack is something where it's it's kind of a little more, a little more exciting, a little more pedal to the metal than one might expect for something that is very, Human and focused on um, the characters and and how they interact with each other and how that leads to the escape much more than it's about like figuring out the technicalities of a prison and how to <laughs> how to you know duck the spotlight uh, and and time it so the guard's not looking and you know mm-hmm. uh, bang on the pipe when the lightning strikes you know it's not that kind of story so um, yeah I thought it was really good I I hope more people I hope people really get into it uh, it premiered yesterday as you're listening to this or as this premieres Mm -hmm. um and it's seven episodes uh i saw some people saying it was too long or dragged or something i I really disagree um each one is very self-contained and there is a choice where it clearly was like this was a six episode series but we want to include this so we're going to make it seven Mm -hmm. and i think that that absolutely is vital to appreciating the arc of the story. So, um, anyway, I liked it. Liz, what was the best thing you watched last week?
0: Oh, I'm glad I wrote it down because I was suddenly blanking. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to shout out for speaking of, uh, you know, speaking of uh, shows that don't get, that are on streaming services that may or may not get attention. Uh, the Bisexual is really good. Um, it's a very charming, very funny, very, very smart, um, like, you know, look. You know, look at life uh, for a young woman uh, as she goes. You know, basically, kind of, a- she's identified as lesbian her whole life, but then she starts dating men, and it, yeah, it's like basically if Chasing Amy wasn't directed by a straight guy, Um and, and in fact actually directed by a woman telling her own story. Uh, so Desiree Akavan is we. I mentioned it before on this on this podcast. I think even like Todd mentioned it uh, when he was uh, mm-hmm. visiting us last month or so, and yeah, but. It's great. It's on Hulu. It's a fun. It's a it's a nice binge. It's got some great character work in it. It's got a young. It's, it's a Brendan Gleeson's son uh, who eerily sounds like Brendan Gleeson. It's very weird, um, but he's great.
1: Domino Gleeson?
0: No, different d- different Gleeson. A different Gleeson. A, a third Gleeson. A third Gleeson. I'm gonna look up his name. Interesting.
1: Um, yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to bring back esteemed Vox Television critic or culture critic Todd Vanderworf. culture. I can't remember uh, what his title is.
0: Uh, Col- yeah, I think he's editor-at-large.
1: Oh, is he? Yeah. I oh, um, critic
0: But uh, it's Brian Gleason.
1: Brian Gleason. Brian. Brian, Brendan, and Domnell. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Domnell doesn't remind me at all of Brendan Gleason. It's weird.
1: He absolutely reminds me of
0: Brent Oh, Gleason. the other thing I wanted to shout out. Um, so... The thing I wanted to talk about last week, I wasn't I, – I, we were – um, uh, it, te- it was technically under embargo. And then uh, – <laughs> it was technically under embargo. And then is no, the embargo's up. And I can say that Dirty John really, really intrigued me. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, Bucking the, the first, status quo. What?
1: Bucking the status quo.
0: Yes. For, the first two episodes are really interesting. Um, I think it's – I'm – Oh, and I also finished watching uh, the first season of You on Lifetime. Lots of, like, I've been, you know, like, lots of, like, kind of fun soaps. Um, like, kind of getting, you know, like, a little a little dirty. John, if you will. Um, lots of good TV out there is the point. then um, what's the next thing you're looking forward to?
1: Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, it's a little bit slow next week. Um, think I think honestly it, it might take till the end of the month until I'm, I'm really excited for a, a new show which is um, the return of Netflix animated drama F is for family mm. um, I've had a complicated relationship with that show because it's it's just it's intense uh, in a way that you don't really expect from a pretty brightly colored uh, animated supposed comedy Um yeah, there's some the, screwed
0: up family dynamics in that show.
1: Yeah, they're they're very um, it's very raw and very honest and it um, it captures kind of the scarring nature of of childhood in that era mm-hmm. um, and how it could create, you know adults now. Like I, I think it's I think it's therapeutic. I would hope it's therapeutic for him for, for, for the primary writers who are um, you know, building this thing and, and digging into their memories for it. Um, but it's it was something that I appreciated far more in the second season than the first. I felt they found their tone really well, that or, you know, we got used to it. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to see where they take it in season three. Um, Vince Vaughn is joining the cast. Oh. He's always been an EP Um but uh, now he's now he's voicing somebody so if that's what it takes to get you interested uh, as opposed to all the things I just said which were <laughs> you know supportive and yet um, not necessarily like what they just put in a marketing release I think um, I, I think F is for family will be worth watching for sure
0: yeah all you all you Vince Vaughn stands out there
1: everybody who is disappointed that true detective season three isn't a continuation of two, get ready
0: Oh, that's right. Vince Vaughn was in True Detective Season 2. Yep. Sometimes I forget that show existed. Yeah. And then I remember. Remember when Rachel McAdams was on our television? And okay. she was stabbing things with knives? Not,
1: not enough things, Liz.
0: Yeah. No, not arguing that point. But we had her for a time.
1: Yeah. she can come back anytime. Hopefully in a comedy. Yeah. Uh, Liz, what are you looking forward to next?
0: Um, let's
1: see. It's so the next thing you're looking forward to?
0: Uh, I guess like I'm kind of, I need to check this out. Um, the uh, Comedy Central uh, special sh- uh, Goat Goatface um, is coming out relatively soon, and it features a lot of uh, fun comedians. And it's been getting it's you know people have been talking to us about this show for quite some time. So I'm looking forward to checking it out. What is it called Goatface?
1: No, I understand the title. What is it?
0: It's a sketch comedy special.
1: Sketch comedy. Yeah. It's a special or an ongoing series?
0: I think it's like kind of like a – my my feeling is that it's kind of a special. It, one of the stars is Hasan mm. Um And I imagine that maybe it was a deal they got – it was a gig he got before he got the Patriot Act going. And so maybe there's a reason – maybe like his schedule wise, like they could only produce the one episode. I don't know what's going on with it. But I know that I'm looking forward to checking it out. Interesting. Yep. Cool. And you'll be able to read all about that and more on IndieWire.com, where you'll find news, reviews, interviews, features, all the stuff you like.
1: Uh, make sure to listen to IndieWire's other podcasts, uh, including the one that started it all, uh, Screen Talk with Eric Cohn and Ann Thompson, uh, as well as Mike Schneider's Turn It On podcast, featuring a very special guest in upcoming weeks uh, named Max Greenfield, who talks about a very special show that's you near and dear it last week to his and my heart, uh, The Leftovers. And it's really worth listening to that discussion and serves as a great reminder of episodes from season two that are worth uh, admiring beyond just International Assassin. Um, And uh, for all of your Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast needs, including a very special episode coming up with Brian Tyree Henry, uh, make sure you listen to Chris O'Fault's Filmmaker Toolkit Podcast, aptly named for the subject. Indeed. He's the best.
0: Hi, Chris. If you listen to this, which you don't. Um, You don't know. That's true. Um, You can find Ben on Twitter at Ben T. Travers.
1: You can find Liz on Twitter at Lizlet. That's with an I and then an E.
0: Correct. Uh, We'll be back next week. Hope you all have a lovely, happy Thanksgiving or a lovely, chill rest of your week. And as always, keep watching television.